0: Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: The book of Romans itself is a challenging book, but chapter 7 is a little bit challenging in trying to understand. But we are going to do our best to make it as easy and simple as possible. Now chapter 7, Paul the Apostle was actually wrestling with the subject of grace and the law. And he started talking about this subject of the grace and law in chapter 5. And in verse 20 of chapter 5, Paul the Apostle started that conversation by saying, Moreover, the the Lord entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abound, Grace abound much more. That's how we started the conversation on this issue of law and grace. And then in Romans chapter 6, reading from verse 1 through to 4, Paul began to emphasize the place of obedience in the life of the believer. Okay, he's saying that if a believer is saved by grace, that does not mean that the believer is not responsible to obeying the laws of God. Yes, he said earlier on that we are no more under, you know, we are that that we, that we are sin abound, grace abound much more. But it's not absorbing the Christian from the requirement of obeying the laws of God. That was what we found in Romans chapter 6. Paul emphasized the place of obedience. By the time you get to verse number 14 of Romans chapter 6, Paul made it very clear that the believer is not under the law but under grace. In other words, Paul is saying, That the grace that Jesus Christ brought at salvation did not free us from the law. It freed us from sin. And there are two different things. It's saying that what Jesus Christ did for us was to deliver us from sin, not deliver us from law. Because the law is righteous. The law is in place. It doesn't change. It's just that the sin nature of man is what Jesus Christ dealt with. So Paul was saying the grace that we enjoyed freed us from sin. Our freedom in Christ is from sin, not from the law, or not from ignoring the obedience to the holiness of the word of God. So Paul made that distinction very clear. So Paul, by the time he, in verse number 14, in Romans chapter, in Romans chapter 6, verse 14, was saying, though we are not under the law, but we are under grace. He's saying that you are not to ignore the laws of God. Yes, we are under grace. Yes, we are saved by grace. But you are still expected to obey the instruction, the holy laws of the Almighty God. He's he's not saying he's not. He's saying because you are under grace, and you are not under the law, you are to live by a higher standard. That's what Paul is saying. You are to live by a higher standard. The fact that you are under grace now makes it incumbent upon you to live by a higher standard, and that is why you will notice under the law, under the law. You are not a murderer until you kill somebody. Okay? But under grace, you are a murderer when you hate somebody without a curse. That is the higher standard. Under the law, you are not an adulterer until you sleep with another man's wife or another man's husband. But when under, the, under grace, you are an adulterer as long as you look at somebody lustfully. So what, by way, what Paul the Apostle is trying to make us understand is that the fact that we are not under the law does not absolve us from the laws of God. It takes it to a different level. It takes it to a higher level. It means that you are now operating not on the physical, you are operating on the spiritual. You are now operating based on, on a very, very, high, on a higher standard. And that is what Paul the Apostle was trying to make them to understand. But by the time you get to Romans chapter 7, Paul now took the argument to a different level. <laughs> He took the argument to, he took the argument a little bit further. He's now saying, believer is not just under the law, but they are not only, they are not under law, but they are under grace. But Paul is now arguing that apart from the fact that you are now under, you are not under the law, you are not under the rule of the law. Two different things. You are not under law. At the same time, you are not under the rule of the law. What does that mean? Paul is trying to say that because the believer is not under the rule of law, it means that the Christian is not constrained by the law. The Christian is not restricted by the law. And Paul the apostle gave you an example. And that example is simple. That example is saying that if a person is married and that person, you know, goes and marries another man while the husband is still alive, say that person is an adulterer. He said, but if that person, if the husband of that woman dies and she remarries, though she's remarried, she's not an adulterer. Why? Because the person that was married originally, that person is gone. You are no longer restricted by the laws of marriage once that person is dead. And that was why Paul was trying to make the, it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very uh, difficult argument. But Paul went spend the whole of chapter seven Making that particular argument. And that's what we are going to be reading about this uh, this evening. So if you have your Bibles. Let's open to the book of uh, Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. We are reading from verse number 1. The Bible says. Or do you not know. Brethren. For I speak to those. Who know the law. That the law has dominion over a man. As long as he lives. In other words. You are under the control of a law. As long as you are alive. When you are dead, the law has no control over you anymore. The law no longer has power over you. That's what Paul is making in verse number one. So verse number two, for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So if, so then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, he is she is free from the law. So that she, she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. So he's saying that as soon as the law, as soon as somebody dies, it nullifies the power of that law upon that individual. Okay? Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law. Through the body of Christ. That you may be married to another. To him who has been raised from the dead. That we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh. The sinful passion. Which was aroused by the law. We at work in our members. To bear fruit unto death. But now we have been delivered from the law. Having died to what we have to having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now, from this verse of the scripture, Paul the apostle is saying, number one, as long as a person is alive, the law is over you, the law rules over you as long as you are alive. In verse 2 and verse number 3, Paul is saying, A woman is legally bound to her husband as long as the husband is alive. But as soon as the Umbuds died, the woman is no longer legally bound. That woman is now free to marry another man. And that is clear to each and every one of us in our society. We understand that. You do not marry two men at the same time. Okay? If you do that, you are referred to as a bigamist. And that is against the law. So that's what Paul is arguing. By the time you get to verse number 4, Paul has now applied that particular marriage illustration to our relationship with Christ. Because that's where he's going. He's not just talking about the issue of relationship in marriage. He's talking about our relationship with Christ. He's saying that just as death breaks the bounds of marriage between a husband and a wife, he is saying that the believer's death in Christ breaks the bond that ties that particular believer to the law and to sin. Okay? Just like when the husband dies, the woman is free. The same way, when an individual dies in Christ by being born again, his debt to sin is now free from the power of sin in that life. That's what Paul is trying to argue. Just as the woman is free to marry another man after the death of her husband, Paul is also saying the believer is free to enter into a new covenant relationship with Christ after being crucified with Christ. That's why we say we are dead in Christ. As soon as you are dead to sin, you are free from the power of sin, you can now marry Christ. That's what Paul is saying. And he's using the analogy of the husband and wife, you know, the freedom of the wife when the husband is dead. In other words, the death of the sinful self, the time you give yourself to the Almighty God, as soon as you are born again, Paul is saying, you are released from the condemnation and the dominion of the law through sin. And you are allowed to join yourself Together with Christ. That's what Paul is saying. Okay, So in verse number 7 through to verse number 12. The Bible now tells us something. If you open your Bibles. Let's start reading from verse number 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Paul the Apostle said no. Certainly not. On the contrary. I will not have known sin. Except through the law. For I will not have known the covetousness. I will not have known covetousness. Unless the law said. You shall not covet. But sin. Taking opportunity by the by the commandment. Produced in me. All manners of evil desires. For apart from the law. Sin was dead. Okay. Verse number 9. I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came. Sin revived. And I died. The commandment which was, the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy. The commandment is holy, just and good. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying in verse number seven that the purpose of the law, the purpose of the law is to, is to tell us number one, what sin is and when we have committed sin. Paul is saying there's nothing wrong with the law. There is nothing wrong with the law. What the law is supposed to do is to tell you, this is what is wrong and this is what is right. And when you cross that boundary, the law is supposed to tell you, you have crossed the boundary. The law that you should drive 50 miles per hour, is not, there's nothing wrong with it. As long as you are doing 50 miles per hour, you don't have any problem to, you don't have to worry about the law. But when you go beyond that, it tells you, you have crossed the mark. You have violated a particular law. You have now gone beyond it. That is the purpose of the law. The law is is neither good nor bad. The law is not evil. That's what Paul is saying. From verse 8 to verse number 12, Paul is now reminding us that the law is not the problem. The law is not the problem. Thou shalt not steal is not the problem. Thou shalt not kill is not the problem. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's property is not the problem. Paul is saying, sin is the problem. Because you will notice. That most people do not think of anything. They don't think of evil until they see a sign that say, hey, don't do it. Just remember. Look at kids generally. If you place something there and they are playing and you don't draw their attention, they won't pay, they won't bother about it. They'll just keep living their life. But the very minute you're about to get out of the world, you say, well, make sure you don't touch the coke in the fridge. Make sure you don't touch the cookies and the other. As soon as you say, make sure you don't do X, Y, and Z. For some reason, that cookie develops this beautiful appeal. Okay. The Coke now tastes better. Everything that was, that you have not paid attention to before, all of a sudden, all your senses go there. It is not the law that is the problem. There's something else at work. And that's what Paul is trying to say. Okay. Sin becomes obvious when the law comes into effect. Just like when I say, do not eat the cookie on the, t- on the kitchen counter. All of a sudden, the cookie becomes alive. Okay, All of a sudden, the imagination of the taste of the cookie becomes appealing. All of a sudden, you cannot help yourself. You just have to taste that cookie. Just because I said, don't taste the cookie. So the law has a way of triggering the desire for sin in our lives. So the problem Paul is saying is not sin. The problem Paul is saying is not the law. The problem is the sinful nature that is in man. That is where the problem is. Paul is saying in verse number twelve, The law is not a problem. The law is holy. The law is just. The law is good. But by the time you get to verse number 14. Paul is saying there is a conflict of the human nature inside of us. Something that says this is good. You know what is good. And then there is something that says this is evil. And the two of them are trying to gain control. And Paul is calling that thing the sinful nature that is inside of us. And that is why, in the very beginning, God said, "Adam, when you go into the midst of the garden, there is a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Say, make sure you don't eat it." And Satan said, "Well, God doesn't want you to become God. That's why He t- that's why He's t- he t- telling you not to. Eat it. God doesn't like you, but God understood. There is always going to be a tension when there is a coexistence between evil and good. There's always going to be that coexistence. There's always going to be that tension. I mean." And I tell you, my brothers and sisters, there's no way you can unlearn what you have learned. You cannot unsee what you have seen. You understand what I mean? If you see something terrible, for some reason it stays with you. You cannot erase your memory. Even as much as we try to lobotomize, or is that a good word? That's the correct word, right? When they do lobotomy in somebody's head. As much as we try to do that, it does not erase the memory. So God is saying, do not allow yourself to be in a situation where good and evil coexisted. But Adam will not listen. So in the process, good and evil now coexisted and that tension is going on. And it created what we now refer to as the sinful nature. And this is what Paul is talking about. The laws were not made. The law is not, the law is not the problem. The law is not the issue. The problem is the sinful nature. So if you look at verse 14 of Romans chapter 7, The Bible tells us, for we know that the law is spiritual. But I'm carnal, sold on the sin. For what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I do not want, what I do not do, I agree that the law, that it is good. In other words, there is something inside of me that knows what is good. There is something inside of me that knows that touching that cookie is not the best thing. Lost, seeking the thing that you're taking the thing that does not belong to me is the is not the best thing. Something inside of me knows it, but for some reason I cannot just help myself from doing the wrong thing. And Paul is saying, even if I know these things and I still do them anyway, the problem is not the law. Can you imagine you are on the twenty-four? You are going on. You are you're going on twenty-four. 7 o'clock in the morning. For some reason, the road is open. You are supposed to be in downtown at 8 o'clock. This is 7.45. And you are still at where? Exit 66. And you know, the, the, the sign keeps saying 70 miles per hour. And then you look at that thing. You know you are not supposed to do 75 or 80 or 90. And sometimes 100. But for some reason, the road is open. And there are no cops inside. Something within you say, slow down. The other one say, come on, man. There's nobody there. Someone says, slow down. That's a come, keep going. Take it a little bit. Don't stay in the fast lane. Stay in the middle lane so that they won't see you quickly. You know, you keep debating all those things. And yet, you are still going. And yet, you are still going. And all of a sudden, you see the blue light. See this useless cops. How can become useless when you are breaking the law? The Bible, Paul is saying, there is this tension that is going on inside of our mind, and as long as that tension is going on, the Adamic nature, that particular sinful nature, is in operation. So, from the verse of scripture that we read from verse number fourteen, you will see the internal conflict that goes on in the mind of every believer. You all know it when you are supposed, when you know what you are supposed to do, but you are not doing it. That is that internal conflict. He said. I know the law is spiritual, but I cannot understand He did not stop there. He was saying that he knows what he's supposed to do, but for some reason he is not doing it why? Verse number 15 to 17 now tells us. Paul talks about the practical application of that internal conflict. Paul talks about the fact that, that we know, the evil that he's doing in spite of the good intention, he says it's caused by something else. Now by the time you get to verse 18 to 20, Paul now talks about the fact that he cannot do good in spite of the evil of the good. He cannot do good in spite of the good desire that he has. The reason for this conflict is because of another law that is operating in his body. The law of the flesh. The flesh want to do something, the spirit want to do something else. In other words, we do evil and fail to do good because sin dwells inside of us. So don't blame the law. Don't blame the policeman. Don't blame the situation around you. Let's understand that the issue that is going on is the issue of sin. Now I start reading verse number 21 to 25. The Bible says in verse number 21, I find then a law that evil is present within me, with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the laws of God. According to the inward man. That's why everybody rejoices in church. On Sunday when we preach. And you are happy. You jump up and you shout hallelujah. And then you go immediately to get out of church. When you are outside of that influence, you start gossiping about another person. And you know that gossiping is not good. So you find, I delight in the laws of God according to the inward man. My spirit rejoice when I hear the word of God. But I see another law in my members warring against the laws of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members in other words my flesh wants something my spirit wants something else my spirit wants what my spirit wants—what what is good what God wants but my body wants what this earth wants and he said there is that particular fight going on in verse number 24 Paul now made the lament that most Christians lament he gave a cry And he asked the question, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? In other words, this conflict that is going on, this struggle that is going on, I know what is good, but I'm not able to do it. I know that this thing is bad and I keep doing it. He said, who is going to deliver me from that, from that particular struggle? And then verse number 25, he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I serve, I myself serve the laws of God. But with the flesh, the laws of sin. And that is why a lot of people have good intentions. And yet they still commit sin. They have good intentions. Yet they still disobey God. They have good intentions. Yet they are not able to do what they are supposed to do. Many of us know it is good to wake up in the morning and pray. But we do not do it. Just because there are two different laws that are operation. There is a spiritual law that comes as a result of you being saved. And there is a physical law that operates upon your body. Because you are still upon this earth. That is chapter 7 in a whole. Okay? That is the summary of chapter 7. Now the question is, from this verse of the scripture that we have read, the 25 verses of scripture that we have read, one of the things that you find that there are some central issues, seven issues, that Paul the Apostle talked about. The first one, the first issue that Paul talked about, is the issue of our relationship to the law. He said very, very clearly, as long as you are alive, you are subject to the law. Okay? As long as a Christian is still alive, you are subject to the law. The only way you will be free from the law is when you are dead. And Christ is saying that unless you are dead in me, you will still be doing what? You will still be alive to the law. And that is why as a Christian, you can still be angry. As a Christian, you can still say, you can still gossip. As a Christian, you can still lust. You can do a lot of things because the body that is supposed to be crucified with Christ is still not crucified with Christ. And as long as we are not fully crucified to Christ, as long as we are not fully yielded to Christ, the body will still be alive and that tension will still be going on. So the first thing we see is the issue of our relationship with the law. For you to be free from the law, you have to be dead to the law. Number two, Paul the Apostle brought up the issue of our obligations to the law. Our obligations to the law. We are bound by the law as long as we are alive. I said that earlier. We are required to obey the law as long as you are alive. You are required to respond to the law as long as you are alive. If you don't want to respond to anger, you don't want to respond to animosity, you don't want to respond to jealousy, you don't want to respond to backbiting, then you have to be dead to the law. And the only way you have to be dead to the law is to surrender completely to the Almighty God. Who takes, is a gradual process. Okay? Some people refer to it as sanctification. That you have to remove the Adamic nature out of you. And that way, that's another different story. But the point I'm trying to make here is this. For you to be out of the obligations of the law, you have to get to the point where you are dead to sin. And that dead to sin means you are surrendered to Christ. Total surrenderedness to Christ. which takes a different story. which is a subject for another day. The third issue that Paul brought about. The first one is the issue of our relationship with the law. Our obligation to the law. Number three. Our freedom from the obligations of the law. Paul the apostle is telling us. Though you have a relationship with the law. Though you are obligated as long as you are alive to be under the law. Paul is saying that you have freedom from the law. As long as you subject yourself. To Christ. As long as you allow Christ to be the one that is making the that is, that is dictating your life. As long as Christ is the one telling you how to live, what to say, who to hang out with, the things that you are supposed to do. As long as Christ is the one that is controlling you, he said that you will be free from the law. You will not be under the control of the flesh anymore. And that's why Paul the Apostle, by the time you get to chapter 12, he said, I beseech you, brethren, to present yourself as a living sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? Something that is offered unto a, on a particular altar. Paul is saying for you to be free from the obligations of the law, you have to offer yourself as a living sacrifice on the altar of the almighty God. And he said, how do you do it? He said, holy Holy and without blemish. He said, that is your reasonable service. Present yourself to the almighty God as a living sacrifice. Because that is the only way you can be free from the law of jealousy. From that particular urge to talk about other people. From that urge to be able to backbite. From that urge to be able to keep anger. For the uh, the urge to uh, to be unforgiving. He said, the only way you can be free from those things is to present yourself to Christ. And let Christ live through you. Because as long as you are trying to do it by yourself... You will not be able to do it. That's why the Bible says that by the arm of the flesh shall no man prevail. In other words, as long as you try to be holy, as long as you try to be to obey God, you try to keep your mouth shut, you try to do certain things, He said you will not be able to do it because you can't do it. This body is not designed to do it. It has to be subjected to the hands of Christ and allow Christ to live through us for you to be able to do some of those things. And that takes closer work with the Almighty God. Number four, apart from the issue of our relationship with the cry with the law, our obligation to the law, our freedom from the obligation of the law, it now talks about the nature of the law. You need to understand the nature of the law. The law itself is not bad. The law just reminds you of what is bad. The law defines what is bad. The, the law highlights when you have done something bad. But the law itself is not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that, shall not kill. If you don't kill. But as soon as you kill, that shall not kill becomes a problem. Get the idea. So the law itself is not a problem. So Paul talks about the nature of the law. He said, make sure you understand it. The law, the police do not make you break the law. It is not the police that make you break the law. I hope you know that. It's the police that tells you that you have broken the law. So if you've broken the law and you're blaming the police, you're blaming the wrong person. You should be blaming yourself. So the nature of the law is that the law is good. It just reminds you that you have done something wrong. And then you have the power of sin. Paul also brought up the issue of the power of sin. If the law does not make you break the law, what makes you break the law is something else. It's your desire to operate according to the lust of the flesh. The answer is the sinful nature that makes a man to disobey the word of God. And then Paul also brought up the issue of deliverance from sin. He's saying that if the law is good, and you have the obligation to be free. And you can be free from the law. And the Lord Almighty makes it possible for you to be delivered. He said, "How you know what, what debt is the way out? How can you be free from sin? He said, the question of the freedom from sin can only be answered by one person. And that is Jesus Christ. And that is why he said, thank God that Jesus Christ is the one that delivers us from sin. Because unless you are willing to release yourself and to be under his control. Sin will always be a problem. And then it now goes on finally, it talks about the effect of the new life. The effect of the new life is that you were once associated with sin. Now that you are now associated with Christ, he says sin should no longer have power over you. If you have been married to an individual you are divorced from that particular person, that person no longer tell you how to live your life. Your ex-husband or ex-wife no longer tell you how to live your life. Because they, they are, you are no longer married to them. But the one that you are married to is the one that can now have control over your life. Jesus, Paul the Apostle is saying you were once married to sin. Now that you are married to Christ, sin should not tell you how to live. Sin should not tell you what to do. Sin should not tell you how to behave. Sin should not tell you who to associate with. Jesus should be the one to be able to control and dictate who you relate to and what you do. Because you are now in a new union. That's what that's what Paul the Apostle is saying. The question is: why is it important that we know that we understand these things? Why is it important? Number one, it's important because you need to focus on the real issue. And one of the reasons that Christ Jesus died is for us to be able to do what? To be able to have that victory. He gave us, he died so that you can have victory over the works of the enemy. And if you are going to have victory, you need to know what the real issue are. And the real issue that Paul talks about is not the law. The real issue is the sinful nature of man. So that is why it is important. So that you can understand that inside of me, There is something inside of me that loves to disobey God. Unless I am able to isolate that thing and bring it under the subjection of Christ, I will continue to wrestle with God every time. When I recognize that, it makes it a lot easier. So Paul is saying that this is very important because it helps us to focus on the real thing. The the second thing is that it challenges us. The challenge of of the victorious Christian life is centered around this particular thing. In other words, you cannot be victorious as a Christian unless you deal with the same question.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.